the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. I'm proud to have as my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest growing mortgage investment firms. And joining us again is Mark Cooper of H&L Commercial. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three tanning certificates that's uh, supplied by Bella Tanning, which they also have a, not just tanning, but they have a little booth there where you can actually reduce the wrinkles. All right, so when we get old, we're going to get those wrinkles. So spray wrinkles. on tan, spray off wrinkles. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <There you> go. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, we also have those special paintball <laughs> tickets. They make great birthday and holiday gifts. Just Ooh. click on uh, paintball on the Best of Investing website. Today's uh, trivia theme is generals. Mm. We'll see if you know your army. Okay, uh, Mark, you're going to uh, talk to us about not only appraisals, but commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Should I just jump right jump in? Right in. Jump Here right in. Jump right in, man. So, um, I'm representing a, a seller here in Marin, and for the first time ever, I was told that the appraisal came back, and it's short of our contract price. On a commercial property. On a commercial property, and mm. I'm trying not to disclose the address or, no, or any of that stuff. Because um, that happens on residential yeah, a fair amount of time, but know, not too much on commercial. We, we hardly ever see that because the appraisers, first of all, they call me and they say, hey, give me some comps, which yep. I give them, and... Uh, they don't want to kill the deal. And so if they're close, what they usually do is they wimp out and they just say, hey, surprise, your your uh, property is valued exactly what your contract price what a is. What can, can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, well, it's supposed to be willing buyer, willing seller. So, Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So um, I just got word yesterday that one of our deals, uh, we're maybe, oh, 50000 short on the appraisal. What's the total dollar? Well, I'd say we're kind of in the $4 million price range. <laughs> And it's within 50000 Yeah, but let me tell oh, you, between okay. agents, that might be my entire commission, right? Well, true, so, but I mean, if I'm an appraiser, between $3,950,000 and $4 million, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Well, just make it $4 million. That's close enough. Absolutely. That's a rounding error. Absolutely. So, so what I said, of course, was give me the appraisal. What I've noticed lately is the, the banks, the lenders, are very reluctant to let those appraisals out. And what they'll say is, well, come on down to escrow, get ready to sign, get your pen out, and that's oh. when we'll show you the appraisal. And, of course, they're afraid they're going to shop the loan once they have an appraisal. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, in, in this particular instance, we'll do a little cliffhanger. I'll, I'll tell you what we're doing later on in, in the show, but I'm representing the seller. The appraisal, I'm told, is a little short. And also, I'll add that the deadline for the buyer to move forward with their loan was last Friday. So I'm told the appraisal is short. And they are the buyer is missing his deadline now, to remove. In theory, his the buyer would would come up with that additional cash. In theory, right? It, well, if the bank said we're not going to lend. 
because you're short, you need to make up the difference. Yeah. yeah. In theory, the buyer would come up. But everybody everybody always points fingers and goes, hey, it's not my problem. That's your problem. So so we'll uh, we'll get to that a little later in the and, show. What are we doing with this deal? Um, okay. Because I get... Can, do I get to guess? Sure. Okay. I, I would say, hey, you guys used the wrong cap rate. You got to lower that cap rate about 10 bips or whatever. And, and that'll I push like it that. Up. That's you almost like, like a, a battleship term. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, for commercial properties, we look at two different things. Price per foot, yeah. uh, and, and we look at the market, similar properties in the neighborhood, size and condition. Price per foot of comps, actually sold properties, not what's available. Another thing we do is we, we look at rate of return and a prevailing cap rate. Let's say everything in Mill Valley is going for five, a 5% five return. Yeah. Um, what will this building generate when fully leased? And then we'll back into a value that way. So the Fair first enough. thing I got to do is get a hold of this appraisal and see what exactly, how did they come up with these numbers? But the other thing that I said is, the buyer has missed their time frame to remove the contingency. So, so that's where we got to play hardball, and they already missed one, uh, one deadline. Uh, but I want, like I said, we'll do a little cliffhanger later in the show. I'll come back and say, okay. what are we doing sure. about the short appraisal? And uh, what do we do when someone misses a deadline, especially if it's not my client, but it's on the other side? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> it'd be one thing if it, if it was like, you know, $100,000 difference on a $400,000 property. Then, 25%. You know, yeah, yeah, 25%. Yeah. Then, then they could see, you know, okay, well, you know, how are you going to bridge that gap? But but why an appraiser would be like three million nine fifty instead of $4 million, I mean, that... That's a to me is a round, and error. that's their first question is what's the contract price because they they look at that and they they scratch their head and think okay can I make can I make these numbers work and come back at my value yeah so, so that wow. that's the scoop because I, I remember years ago in Hawaii if the appraiser was wrong was off more than five percent they were liable. Ooh. Yeah, so there was a lot of very tricky, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the bank said that the minimum that was needed. Of course, the rules have completely changed since back then. I like that. Let's get the appraiser on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> they Absolutely. still do it but based on the bulletin board, do they call it, right? Where they... Because you don't get to pick your own appraiser. Oh no, that's that's the the, the lender's going to pick the appraiser. And, and they yeah. don't necessarily pick it per se. They just sort of put it out the bid. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, they? so the lender picks the appraiser, and then the appraiser contacts me about two weeks later and says, hey, can you give me some comps? Because I'm yeah. from the East Bay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tell you what, we're going to uh, cut to our first commercial break. And again, the the, uh, the not the theme, the, the theme, not the theory, the theme is uh, generals. Uh, before we do, got to remind people that the Wine Garden Children's Festival, not festival, but they're having a masquerade party on October 29th mm-hmm. at the Santa Clara Hyatt. And uh, you got to check them out at listenspeaklearn.org. All right, so here's our first trivia question. Who was the general who got in trouble for slapping a soldier? It's kind of a famous story. Oh, yeah. Right? The I think first, I know that one. Okay, the first caller with the correct answer wins a free certificate to, for Tan Bella. And again, you get three tanning services with that. And they're kind of unlimited, so it's very, very nice what you're allowed uh, to get with that. Call 888-912-1190 to answer this question. Who was the general who got in trouble for slapping a soldier? Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Honf and Mark Cooper. First trivia question was, who was the general who got in trouble for slapping a soldier? Do you know that one, Coop? 
Boy, I, I think that it's got to be something very recent because anything mm. anything more than about 50 years old is going to be par for the course. Yeah, so <laughs> would it be Patton? It would be oh. Patton. That's right. Very good. I do remember that story, though. Yeah. wasn't sure. Or George yeah. C. Scott, whatever, you know. Right, whoever from, played him. Whoever played him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right, Mark. Uh, Mark. Hunt, you actually have some commercial stuff to talk I about. I did. Yeah. I knew uh, Mark was going to be, Mark Cooper of h Commercial was going to be on with us today. So I, I happened to note a couple of articles this past week about the commercial real estate market and a couple of headlines. Um, Scrutiny of commercial real estate loans chills small lenders. I, you know, who writes these headlines? I, I just love this sometimes. Uh, basically, financing commercial property, it says, has been a local bank's bread and butter for years. But a post-crisis push for loan growth may have prompted uh, or has prompted regulatory warnings about lax lending standards. And now small banks are shying away from that market. That's that's one article. And another one talks about commercial real estate prices are back to pre-crash highs, but transactions are falling. And the article blames, um, you know, sources of finances. They say their sources of financing are shifting. So, so my question for you, Mark, is what's happening with commercial real estate financing, or is this more of a national thing, uh, uh, and maybe not so much regionally? Are you are you seeing any any um, challenges with financing commercial real estate transactions? Well, I can tell you what's happening in, here in Marin. And uh, first of all, I'm I do apartment buildings. I'll do owner occupied uh, properties, and uh, so uh, one to four units is tough. And there's a ton of disclosures, and a lot of the commercial banks are just shying away. So, so I kind of stay away from the one to four, um, five units and up. The uh, the banks are, are have a, a good appetite, and the rates are are fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's still in the three percent range, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, three to four. I'm seeing you know twenty five, thirty. You're fixed on, on on deals on you know multifamily. Wow. Yeah, so there's uh, there's all kinds of deals out there, and it's pretty amazing. What I am seeing though is the market is drying up, and the even you know Santa Rosa, we're you seeing say drying up. What do you mean by inventory? inventory. Oh, inventory, inventory okay. for multifamily drying up, and warehouses. I you know, I I can't find a warehouse for sale with a roll up door in Marin less than a million bucks. And and about three wow. years ago, I probably had ten of them. I couldn't give warehouses away. Oh yeah. And now there's nothing. There's just I probably nothing. should have made that loan to, to a guy with a roll up warehouse in Santa Fe that yeah, uh, came to me a while back. I wasn't. I, I didn't a, believe I his values a, at the I time. I got a garage. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, the best of all, roll up door. Yeah. Best of all, you could have taken it back if he defaulted. Then yeah, you have that's it. That's right. So so my answer that question of course here would be you know the the headlines that we're seeing i don't know if they're talking about you know huge portfolios are we talking about office buildings i mean commercial one person's commercial is not necessarily another commercial uh but i would say we're seeing great rates banks are very active and right now it's really a question of inventory and uh some guys are buying listings where they tell somebody hey yeah, your your property's worth three times what you think it is. Here, sign here. Sure, sure. So um, I'm seeing a lot of activity in Marin. We're still continuing to sell about a, a deal uh, a month, a commercial property a month. I closed yesterday on something here on 4th Street in San Rafael, mixed-use building. And uh, lots of activity. Uh, market is tight. And lenders are lending. So I would say uh, I would say not so much on the chill and the scare and the crash. Now, one thing that I am concerned about is I'm seeing prices getting bid up Mm. Probably to what more than these properties are worth, and I kind of oh, joked like with residential. Type. I was uh, joking with an associate today, and I said, you know, we need some kind of disclosure that says you may be paying more for this property than it's worth. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you laugh. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's actually that <laughs> may that's not 
a silly idea, really. I mean, to pr- kind of protect yourself. You right. know, let me just add one quick thing. You know, you mentioned about some people buying listings by saying, oh, it's worth three times as much. The interesting thing is sometimes you get kind of the opposite. I remember there was uh, an agent when we were trying to sell our house who told us, well, no, it really only is worth X. And I think what he was trying to do is figure he could just flip it, not Real buy it quick. himself. Yeah, yeah, he could just like, oh, I got you an offer in t- two hours, mm-hmm. and so we weren't. And it's my sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, right. So we weren't going for that. Uh, I mean, it's best to just kind of go accurate. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it, it's a, it's an art, not a science. And I think another thing you want to be aware of is dual agency. If anytime someone comes to you with a listing and then they pull out a buyer at the same time, Ooh, yeah. you kind of go, "Hmm, uh, what's going on here?" So, so you mentioned, Mark, that uh, that you know prices are, are 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 fairly high, meaning cap rates would be low. This article talks about how the U.S. commercial real estate's average cap rate is back down to six point five percent, where it was in early two thousand and seven, which they say was the last peak. Hmm. During the financial crisis, they say, this article says cap rates soared above 8%. Um, is a 6.5% cap rate, would that be considered like a bargain on some of the properties you're... I would say 65 is fantastic. If yeah. it's anywhere within about an hour of the, where we're sitting, <laughs> yeah. uh, six and a half is great. Well, especially um, if you can get 25-year fixed financing. Right. Uh, you know, and there's gonna there's a little spread there. I mean, I, I yeah. know some guys that are like, hey, we'll take six caps all day long because I can borrow for less, yeah. and we see the upside where the rents are going. Exactly. Um, so uh, when you're looking at an article like this, mm-hmm. I mean, six and a half, is, you're going to be out in Reading or, or something like that. Yeah, that's I mean, a, this is a U.S. average, right. so it's certainly not uh, an amalgamation of certainly Bay Area, which has high demand. Um, and what's also interesting about this article, this is something, there's something here I like. Um, this particular person who was interviewed for this article uh, is, is quoted as saying he wouldn't call uh, the current um, low cap rates uh, commercial market a bubble, especially given the near record low interest rates, yeah, which of course help yeah. push cap rates down. He's quoted as saying, and I love this because this really uh, I think is true for all markets. He says, bubble is a fighting word. A bubble is about poorly formed expectations. Hmm. And huh, I love yeah, that, that definition yeah, for, true. you know, a bubble is poorly formed expectations. The, the last bubble in residential real estate in 2007 was definitely about poorly formed expectations because the expectation was that prices were going to just keep, keep going, going up because yeah. they weren't making any more land, right? So it was just going to yeah. go up, up, up. Certainly poorly formed expectations. Are there poorly formed expectations in today's real estate market, whether it's commercial or residential? I don't know that there are. Mm. What are those? What would they be? Yeah. And because well, all, all signs still continue to point toward a shortage of inventory, a, a lack of uh, new housing permits and places to actually build homes uh, that aren't impacted by NIMBYism. Uh, <laughs> and you've got low interest rates and you've got a growing job market and a net immigration into the state. So just all that points towards well, a I'll, I'll tell you what market. Poorly formed expectations I see. Um, I've seen people that were in the market to rent a warehouse a few years back yeah. and they saw crappy warehouses for 75 cents a foot. They yeah. waited a couple years and now they're saying, hey, where'd all those 75 cent warehouses <laughs> go? I'm ready. I'm ready yeah, to rent exactly. one now. Yeah. They said, you know what? They're buck fifty now. Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah, so that's uh, okay. so that's an expectation that uh, you know you got to look at the current market. Exactly. Okay, we're going to get to another commercial break, and and you know when you're talking real estate, it's that those three things: location, location. What's, what's the last that? one? Uh, starts with an L. Yeah, location. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, uh, generals is the theme here. Hmm. What is another name for a one-star general? 
the first caller with the correct answer is going to win that free uh, certificate at Tan Bella, um, which, by the way, they have locations in San Francisco and Marin. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question, and don't touch that dial because the best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Mark Cooper. Second trivia question, which, by the way, it's Mark Cooper from HL Commercial. Not H and L. It's just HL Commercial. I wanted to remind yeah. everybody of that. And is no longer with the company. Okay. <laughs> we fired him. Okay. What is another name for a one-star general? That I don't know. Brigadier. Brigadier. When you hear Brigadier General, that's a one-star general. Charlie or something. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah, no, no Charlie's. Uh, Mark, you wanted to continue on here? Well, I, we, we were talking last segment about commercial real estate. I thought I'd uh, throw in a couple of nuggets about you know residential real estate. Um, according to the California Association of Realtors, they expect California home sales to continue to increase in 2017, although a little bit more modestly than 2016. So um, they do... Uh, predict a medium home price increase next year of 4.3%, which would be um, following this year's uh, year-end prediction of about 6.2%. I think we're actually a little bit higher than that, at least according to Kay Schiller. Now, Carr may use uh, different statistics for for tracking their median price. Um, That would make, uh, if it is uh, 4.3% in 2017, that would represent the slowest rate of price appreciation in six years, which is basically been the re- the real estate recovery since it bottomed out in around 2010, 2011. Um, also goes on to say, with the California economy continuing to outperform the nation, demand for housing will remain robust, even with supply and affordability constraints still very much in evidence. The net result will be California's housing market posting a modest increase in 2017. Now, they do predict here that most of that growth in California is going to be in Southern California and the Central Valley. They're actually... Uh, predicting that uh, the San Francisco Bay Area might experience a decline as home buyers migrate to peripheral cities with more affordable options. Well, that remains to be seen. I don't know anybody else that's predicting that prices will actually decline in the Bay Area, but there's a lot of things that are happening in the Bay Area, particularly in San Francisco, with um, all these new condominiums that are being built and to be released on the marketplace. That could certainly have downward pressure, uh, which would actually, you know, at least statistically indicate maybe there are some price declines. So you got to kind of watch out. You can't. You got to compare apples to apples. Um, Freddie Mac, <clears throat> which reports on mortgage rates, reported last week that uh, mortgage rates were back to the their lowest in ten weeks, with a thirty-year rate at three point four two percent. So, you know, we've said this several times on on past shows. Would anybody that we know was anybody we know predicting mortgage rates? in the mid to low threes towards the end. Here we are in the fourth quarter of 2016, and a year ago at this time, um, all predictions, or I would just say most predictions, not all, there were always a few uh, outliers, but most economists, including Freddie Mac, were predicting mortgage rates in the mid to high fours. So it just goes to show you that we just continue to have uh, and enjoy, um, I guess depending on 
if you're a saver, maybe suffer from, but if you're a buyer of real estate or investor in real estate, we are enjoying continued very, very low interest rates, and that's a good thing. Uh, lastly, I have for uh, residential real estate, um, older Californians are growing in number. Um, 11.5% of the state's population in 2015 uh, are uh, 65 years and older, and that's increasing about 4% from the prior year. And I think that rate of increase is going to go up as the years go on. I think we're going to have an increasing oh, yeah. rate of uh, older people. Three out of four baby boomers are homeowners today and will remain so in retirement, though most will sell and downsize, purchasing a replacement home of equal or lesser price. Now, um, contrast that with the uh, millennials. First-time home buyers between uh, 25 and 34, only 35% of them own a home, and that's actually down uh, from 41% um, uh, from a few years back. Uh, so they're expecting that uh, uh, homeownership rates for millennials might actually dip uh, between now and uh, through 2018. But when you pair the millennial purchase per- home purchases with the growing uh, with older Californians downsizing. They uh, predict that if you pair the mass relocation of baby boomers with Generation Y's entry into the housing market and watch home sales volume grow considerably between 2019 and 2021, the great confluence of retirees and Gen Y will create a fluid and stable housing market for California. So there's a pretty robust prediction uh, for you. Again, um, you know, it's kind of like everything, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Does that mean we're, you know, uh, uh, the next real estate cycle is nowhere in sight? I, I don't know. I mean, people ask me on a pretty regular basis, uh, where do you think the market's mm-hmm. going? And what I, what I tell them is, well, I don't see price declines in the near term. And well, this that kind of leads me a, a little bit to the email we received from you because I was or for you. I was thinking because of the uh, millennials not purchasing and all that. Yeah. Uh, here was the question: it says our loan restrictions. Uh, rules helping or hurting the private loan business. So, um, for for new listeners, um, I'm Mark Hoff. I'm, uh, my company is Pacific Private Money. We are a private money lender, private money real estate lender, also known as a hard money real estate lender. But we prefer the term private money in in this new era, since the company is new since the uh, market correction we uh, launched in 2008. And unbeknownst to me at the time, when I started Pacific Private Money, it was really uh, based on a you know a, an idea that uh, uh, this was an area that you know my personal skills uh, might benefit in. Uh, and as it turns out, um, Dodd Frank, which came around in uh, well, it, it started to uh, become a glimmer in the eyes of Mr. Dodd and Frank somewhere around 2010, 2011, and became this huge bill that was passed uh, shortly thereafter. And over the last several years, um, the Dodd-Frank financial reforms have resulted in a number of new banking and lending regulations that were designed to protect the consumers, but uh, in many ways uh, had unintended consequences that really made it harder for many uh, consumers and real estate investors to get bank financing, also known as conventional financing, that low interest rate, uh, you know, three and a half percent financing that we're talking about. Um, And that has been a boon to companies like Pacific Private Money, who are an alternative source 
for financing that aren't as heavily regulated. We're not unregulated. We, we, we are restricted in the types of loans we can make, particularly to consumers. But to real estate investors, we've really been the catalyst for um, the um, kind of the reclamation of the uh, older real estate homes, particularly foreclosed homes that were sorely in need of being uh, remodeled and repositioned for um, entry-level and, and turnkey home buyers. And so really, we, uh, we in the private money lending industry have said yes when banks have said no. And today, even uh, more than ever before, we see a pretty consistent volume of loan requests coming in uh, to Pacific Private Money from mortgage brokers, from realtors, from bankers who are referring clients to us that got denied for banker conventional financing for any number of reasons, sometimes just simply because they couldn't do the loan fast enough to accommodate the borrower's request. And because of the tight housing market, and people have heard me say this again and again on this show, the tight inventory and tight housing market means that cash buyers are more often than not winning out on uh, on offers to buy homes. And so if you want to be like a cash buyer, you can use a, a private money loan and close quickly. We close in as, in as little as, you know, between five and, and 10 business days. So for more information, uh, give us a call at Pacific Private Money, 415-883-2150, or visit our website at Pacific privatemoney.com. All right, we're going to cut to another commercial break. Before we do, uh, we want to make a special mention here for this. You ready for this? Are you ready for the best holiday show ever? Broadway celebrates the holidays in wine country with Broadway performance from, uh, these are performers who were performed in Wicked, Mamma Mia, and all that. They're going to be doing something called Joy to the World, and it's going to be at the Luther Burbank Center, which we all know is in the North Bay here. Check them out at broadwayholidayshow.com Nice. Performers who perform. Those are my favorite type of performers. <laughs> yeah, that would be very nice. Okay, uh, here's our third trivia question. What general was known as the Desert Fox? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. Best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host. I'm still Edward Brown. Uh, Mark Honf and Mark Cooper are with me in the studio here. Last trivia question here was, what general was known as the Desert Fox? Rommel. Yes. Oh. Yeah. You kept thinking, who is it? Who is, who is it? Rommel. Does yeah, he get the good. tanning thing when he, he gets these right? You know, you know what? He's already he's, pretty He's tan. already pretty tan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Mark Cooper, we have an email that actually is very similar to the story that you had mentioned, and that'll get into, because you, you told everyone you had a, a special surprise at the end of the, the story. The rest of the story. The rest of the story, exactly. Uh, what says here, what happens when you represent a buyer on a purchase and you have an appraisal contingency and the property doesn't appraise, does the buyer have a right to see the appraisal if they paid for it? Oh, okay. That's Yeah, that's a great question. We were talking about appraisals. Um, I feel that if someone's paying for the appraisal, they should definitely Absolutely. see it. But what I'm seeing out there is that I mentioned before, the banks are holding off. They don't want the, they don't want the buyer to have the appraisal because they're afraid they're going to shop the loan. If you're a buyer and you've, there's an appraisal floating around there, demand the appraisal. Absolutely. Tell them, I paid for it and I want to see it. Yeah. Agents can't request the appraisals. It comes from the buyer through the bank. So that's yeah. really the conduit. 
But if you're working on an investment property, if you're representing yourself or you have an agent, make sure to request that appraisal in writing as soon as possible. If you have an appraisal contingency, you want to see that before you remove, remove the appraisal. And I'm getting the runaround from just about every bank about who's got the appraisal and where is it and we can't release it and everything else. So I would say definitely you paid for it, demand that appraisal. And you can't demand it from the appraiser because the bank uh, no. is the one who no, you, whoever, orders it. Whoever you're working with at the bank, tell yeah. them. When the appraisal is ready, I want to see that appraisal and, and yeah. get a hold of that appraisal. So we had a couple things going on. I'm saying I'm working on this deal. but I represent the seller. Buyer has missed their deadline. Last Friday was when they were to remove their appraisal and loan contingency. And I'm told that appraisal did not quite meet the number of the contract price. Just under. So, so first of all, when I'm working with a uh, – typically, I use the car contract, California Association of Realtors. And in there, there's a clause that says notice to perform. And it'll be either be two or three days where if someone – if the buyer or seller misses a deadline – that other party gives them a notice to perform. The notice to perform would say, you know, dear buyer, you were to remove your contingency by Friday. You didn't do that. And let me tell you something that's very important. In in commercial real estate in California or real estate in general, most of the contingencies are are active contingencies. It's not like you miss a deadline and you're buying the property. You have to actually say, I hereby remove all of my contingencies. I got my loan, I removed my loan contingency. If the deadline was Friday and they missed that, it doesn't mean that they have missed their loan contingency. They still have to physically remove that contingency. They have to use a contract to say that. So that's the difference between an active and a passive contingency removal. So they need, unless the contract said, if you don't remove your contingency by Friday, you have lost your loan contingency opportunity. In this case, we're saying, dude, oh, yeah. you were to have said you're good on Friday, you didn't. So the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to issue a notice to perform that says, you missed your deadline, you have three days to remove that contingency. My recourse is to cancel the contract. I can't go back. Keep your deposit? Uh, We can't keep the deposit because they haven't removed the contingency. That's right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's right. If they had removed their contingency, then we can keep the deposit. If they And another thing that it will typically do on a contract is liquidated damages. Yeah. And that means that the actual amount of deposit that is held by the escrow company both parties agree that if the person removes all their contingencies and they don't move forward, that's the actual yeah. damage that the seller will suffer for the property being off the market. Yeah. So we've got liquidated damages. Now, this same buyer, of course, it's anonymous. I'm not disclosing it. The same buyer said, hey, I'll close in 30 days. No problem. I need 21 for the loan and 30 days to close. And I said, you know what? It's going to take longer than that. You need more than 30 days. And he's like, no, 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 no. Trust me. I've got this under control. So about 30 days ago, he said, hey, I need 30 more days. <laughs> of course. So we had money on in escrow. And what we said was, we will give you 30 more days, but we want you to re- release hard, money yeah. from escrow to the seller right yeah. now that's non-refundable. Go hard. We would say go private because we don't say hard here, right? So we would say release the money from escrow to the seller. I don't care if you buy this property or not. You're giving us money right now for 30 more days. So they've missed another deadline. What we're doing- Did they do that? Did they we agree? did. They went hard. They, they, went they, hard. they okay. increased their deposit, say twenty grand. Okay. Okay. They actually the money was on deposit, so they released twenty thousand to okay. the seller and said, "Give me thirty more days." And I said, "You know what? You guys got thirty more days, and that's it." That was last Friday. The first thing I'm going to do is do the notice to perform. Now the the question is, they missed their deadline. The other thing is, now that I'm told the appraisal didn't hit, are they going to come back and ask for a credit? Or are they just going to move forward and buy and buy this property? And that's going to be our second cliffhanger because yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But if I was representing the buyer 
and the appraisal was strong, I may come back and ask for some kind of credit or a compromise off that because mm-hmm. the number wasn't what it was to be represented. Yeah, and the buyer had no control over the appraisal. He nor did, did the seller. I mean, it could seller, be a crappy appraisal if they didn't find the right comps or they used something yeah. that was outside of the market or a, a property that needed work, and less the, parking. And the seller says, hey, I don't have to sell it to you for that price, right. so I'll move on. Or right. if he doesn't have another buyer in tow, oh, he we've got say, We've got other buyers in tow. Oh, you do? I'm getting calls. Okay. I'm telling people, hey, the deadline was Friday. Let me see what I can do. So that's what I would say here. Notice to perform. Take a long, hard look at that appraisal. And really figure out, uh, you know, what's going on, and is that buyer gonna gonna ask for a credit? And that's yet to be seen. If, if so. the buyer doesn't ask for a credit, um, and the buyer doesn't have the money, could the I mean, I guess the buyer could say, "Listen, seller, can you carry a large or a very small second behind very large first for a small period of time?" Yeah, and I usually tell my sellers, "You don't want to be in second position." Now I mean, it's almost yeah. like just lowering the price anyway. Yeah, I mean, hey. Um, you know, uh, of course, what everyone points the fingers at is they go, wow, you guys are making a big commission on this deal. Yeah. Why don't you kick in a little bit of money here? And uh, I'm repeatedly telling the buyer's agent, hey, if you ask for a credit, it's coming out of your commission. Yeah. So uh, we'll Fair see enough. what happens. Jimmy, I love you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's going, yeah, I love you, but I don't know how much. <laughs> Very interesting. Again, so um, you represent both. I'm representing only the seller. In this case. In this case. But sometimes you represent buyers. In Marin, I I work with buyers and sellers of commercial property. Typically, we're going uh, apartment buildings, five or more units. Most of my deals are between 2 and $10 million, and we're seeing uh, on and off-market properties. Uh, HL Commercial and my team, we do uh, over a sale a month, and I do about two leases a week. So we're probably the most productive commercial team. I knew you were good, but I didn't know you were that good. How does he do it? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, okay, so if someone from Lafayette is listening and says, gosh, you know, this guy sounds really good, but you don't, you know, you're not going to represent all the way to Lafayette. You probably have contacts, don't you? I, I have associates in the East Bay, and uh, you know what I like to be is I, I'm the I'm the big fish in a small pond, and yeah. Mill Valley is really the center of my universe, and I kind of work north from there, but I stop right around Terra Linda, and there, there's guys who do what I do in Petaluma and Santa Rosa and the East Bay okay, but you that can, are really good, and I can make and those can, introductions. You can exit my introductions. Okay, I so can make those so introductions. So how would people get a hold of you? If they uh, my cell phone, 415-608-1036. That's my cell. And my email is mark, M-A-R-K, at H-L-C-R-E.com. I like to say hungry lion. Uh, crosses river easily. <laughs> nice. You remember that one? Okay, we've got about a minute before we have to go to a break. So, um, you know, we've talked about how for distress sales are becoming a, a smaller and smaller piece of real estate transactions, and I was actually surprised to see a graph that showed that they're still double what they were leading up to the real estate correction in 2007. In, during most of 2006, distressed sales, and distressed are foreclosures, REOs, and short sales combined, were 25 to 3%. And that's, this is the national market. Well, as of June, this number continues to trend down for the year in 2016, but it's still 8%. So in eight uh, percent of sales, so I thought that that was that was kind of interesting. It's not uh, impossible still to find people, although you would think that we've 
you know, processed most of the foreclosure and short sale inventory, but there are still people who um, are in neighborhoods and markets where they have not yet uh, recovered in value or they've had a life distressing event. Um, so there are still opportunities out there uh, for those of you who look and door knock. And at Pacific Private Money, we actually make loans to people who find foreclosure opportunities to fix and flip. So we know, and because of our continued volume of inquiries, we know that there's a market out there. So, all right, tell you what, we're, we're going to cut to another commercial break. When we come back, mm. Mark, I want you to talk about uh, the performance of your fund. Absolutely. It's, uh, in comparison with a lot of other ones, you're, you're actually a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have some closing comments for the day. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff of Pacific Private Money and Mark Cooper of HL Commercial. All right, so Mark uh, Hoff, uh, how is your fund doing? So at Pacific Private Money, we have a mortgage pool fund uh, that has been growing for the last uh, little over three years. We call it the Pacific Private Money Fund, and we use those monies to make short-term real estate loans to people who need to close quickly or who have uh, another need for fast, reliable financing that they intend to you know, pay off within a short period of time through a conventional bank loan. That's really what we primarily strive to do. Our, our niche market is we want to make bridge loans. We want to make loans to people who need it for a temporary basis, not necessarily borrowers in distress who just need to borrow against their equity and really have no idea how to pay that back. That's not the kind of loans we make. There are people out there that will make those loans, but we really focus on on the bridge loans. And we've been able to uh, produce a yield. So far this year, year to date, we're at about just, just under 8%. We're at about 7. I think about 7.8 to 7.9 in that range uh, year to date. Uh, our target's 8%, but we have seen some competition in the marketplace that's pushed that yield downward a little bit. But hey, the high sevens, I'm still pretty pretty excited about producing a yield like that. And other mortgage pool funds throughout California are producing uh, uh, less than that. So uh, we've been, uh, you know, and some of those guys are trying to do that because, or are doing, are, are paying in the low sevens, largely because they they lend the money out at uh, lower prices than we do, but they are looking to do longer term financing. They're do, they're more of the subprime um, seven and eight percent type. Well, some of them are also situations. using leverage, which is a little scarier. Right. So we're an unleveraged fund uh, with a weighted average loan to value in our portfolio of about fifty five percent. We've got uh, twenty million under management right now. We're looking to grow that fund to fifty million. So if you're interested in how you can earn uh, upwards of of the well now the high sevens uh, with a target uh, of around eight percent uh, on your savings and IRA accounts we have a lot of IRA account uh, Roth IRA and other self-directed IRAs uh, are eligible uh, for our fund uh, for more information uh, you really ought to uh, give us a call or check out our website our website of course is Pacific privatemoney.com or give us a call, leave a message, we'll call you back and send you uh, some information about the fund and uh, there's a lot of, we try to be very transparent we not only have offering documents but you can see a portfolio list of the loans we have in the fund and the types of loans we do. And you you also do little seminars once a month? We do a monthly Mm -hmm. uh, seminar at the last Wednesday of every month and so what uh, that date off the top of my head I think it's uh, October 
26th or 27th, I think. 26th. is uh, October 26th uh, at 6 p.m. in our downtown Novato offices. Come by. Um, and, Good hors d'oeuvres. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. We always uh, have food and drinks and a little you know, 40-minute presentation uh, on the fund. So for more information, PacificPrivateMoney.com or call 415-883-2150. Very good. Mark, All right, uh, Mark. How, you have any, how do we uh, get a hold of you for uh, for commercial um, for information about commercial real estate investing, or if I want to lease my commercial space? Sure. Um, my my territory is Marin and Sonoma, prior, primarily Marin County, and my number is four one five six zero eight one zero three six. One of the question I'm getting is uh, owner occupants, and what are they seeing out there? Can I buy my own building or yeah. office condo? And uh, I actually have probably the least expensive office condo in Marin right now, three hundred ninety-nine thousand yeah. wow. dollars, uh, over by Home Depot in San Rafael. And uh, I'm seeing uh, SBA loans ten percent down. So with forty grand, you can stop renting and own your own property. What savvy guys are doing is buying it in their own name and renting it back and saving on uh, income taxes. Yeah, especially with uh, not only interest rates low but rents going up. That's a good idea. All right, guys, we're going to uh, cut out for the day. Here's our thoughts for the day. More than 10 people per year are killed by vending machines. I told you guys those snicker bars were very dangerous. <laughs> and get this. This is funny. When a massive power outage struck Southern California in the 1990s, Los Angeles residents reportedly called 911 to express alarm about strange clouds hovering overhead. You know why? They were seeing the Milky Way for the very first time. <laughs> I love it. Isn't that great? Because you just could not see over those clouds. <laughs> they say when the, fog, when the smog clears over Los Angeles, UCLA. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, bum bum choop. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.